Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. So welcome to this episode of the Roxpile Rockies Report brought to you by Roxpile.com. My name is Kevin Henry, one of the co-experts on the site, and so glad to have my friend and fellow co-expert joining again today, uh, Noah Yingling from the beautiful state of Ohio. Noah, how are you, man? Pretty good. How are you? Hey, good. Waving at you from two time zones away, but hope you're doing well. And, uh, you know, a few Rockies things to talk about today, and then uh, hopefully you and I can talk a little bit about the postseason and what's going on. Uh, in the NLCS uh, and ALCS. Uh, an interesting article came out on MLBTradeRumors.com uh, talking about is this a good time for the Rockies, knowing that they're hamstrung by so many um, bad contracts, let's be honest, that uh, and knowing there's not a lot of financial flexibility for next year, as owner Dick Monfort told us and other media members at the end of the season presser, is this a time for the Rockies to trade off John Gray and Trevor Story to try to get some prospects or to try to uh, get some new blood flowing through the franchise. Noah, I'm going to reserve my take for uh, after you, but uh, I want to get your thoughts on this article. Um, to me, I don't think it's a good idea because um, I mean, you would uh, of all the fans that they got even this year into Coors Field, which I, I was surprised. Uh, the, they got essentially 3 million people into Coors Field and with a team that was 20 games under 500. And if you, after extending Nolan Arenado yep. and one off season later, trading Trevor Story and John Gray, that's not going to be a look, good look. Yep. And I can tell you right now, at least in my opinion, they aren't going to trade them because, I mean, how often have we seen Jeff Breidich trade somebody? Not very often. And the so especially trading two of your franchise players yeah. this offseason. And I, I do get the reasoning behind it of, oh, let's try to get more quantity of players in that can help us maybe in 2021 and kind of taking a step back for this year. But, I mean, you could very easily extend story. 
and you could very you could probably extend yeah. Gray at some point if if he pitches well enough um and is more consistent if he if he puts up years like he did in 2019 compared to 2018 sure. they're going to want to extend him um so i i do get the the thought process of oh we can get four or five prospects for Trevor Story rather than just one player and we could have Brendan Rodgers step in or um Ryan McMahon uh step in full time at a position whether it be at second or first base um and stick with one position um and essentially have them grow but i don't think that's yeah. uh, that would be the best thing for the rockies because you still have Wade Davis. You still have Brian Shaw. You still have Jake McGee. You've still got Ian Desmond and those huge contracts that most teams, and I can pretty much say all teams, would not take unless the Rockies pay some of it. And they still aren't going to get that good of prospects for them. I mean, as, uh, you're, if you look at the contracts, I mean, just for Davis... Shaw and McGee, they guarantee. Now, this is at the very beginning of the contract. For those three guys, they gave over a hundred million dollars to them. Now, they still don't owe that as much anymore, obviously, because they played a few seasons. Yeah, but still, you gave them over a hundred million. Uh, you you aren't going to be able to get rid of of whatever the amount it is now, probably sixty million or so. I would guess left. Um. Uh, you aren't going to be able to trade that for much of anything, especially if you aren't going yeah, to pony up some and, of the cash for that. You know, if you if you look at and and I'll be honest, you know, before this article or sorry, before the season began, I wrote an article whenever we were doing our fan sided fake winter meetings, and we actually traded John Gray to the Tampa Bay Rays for CJ Crone. Now, that looking in hindsight probably wouldn't have been a good deal. You know, let's be honest. Gray rebounded well this way this year. He really became that rock solid guy that we could count on, you know, for most starts. Uh, became really, uh, the guy that whenever everything else was kind of falling apart with Kyle Freeland and everything else, he and Marquez were two guys that you knew were going to go out there and at least give a pretty solid performance. Uh, you know, and he and Story both ended up as there were only three Rockies last year that finished with a 4.0 war or better. And that was Gray, Arenado, and Story in reverse order. So Gray and Story are your two of your three guys last year who were your biggest contributors via war to the team. Uh, and I just don't see that you trade off a Trevor Story and not just because of the offense he brings, but the defense as well. And, and we're going to talk about gold gloves here in a few minutes. But I think that Story has become one of those top-tier players in the infield in the National League and maybe even Major League Baseball, just in terms of defense and offense put together, You know, right alongside his partner over there on the left side of the infield, Nolan Arenado. And it's not a guy that you can really say – uh, we'll replace him. I I just don't see that that's happening. And if you want Nolan to opt out in that 2021 contract that has been much discussed, that's a great way to do it. To say, hey, you know that guy that was playing next to you? Yeah, we think it's time for Brendan Rodgers or Garrett Hampson or somebody else to take it over while we rebuild. Because that's what this would signal if you trade off those two guys. 
is a true rebuild. Yeah, and I mean, uh, with the opt-out for Arenado, I mean, as was reported a few weeks ago, um, Jeff Breidich actually wanted that opt-out clause in there for Nolan, and Nolan originally didn't want it. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's some ulterior motive that we don't know about, but I, it's just a bad look if you, like I said, if you extend Arenado and then the next offseason, oh, the guy who's playing right next to you and is arguably the best defensive shortstop in the National League, arguably in baseball. And yeah. he, I, I think that's well a too. bad signal, not only and to Nolan, but everybody. Try. You know, you mentioned the fan base earlier. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of folks, and you and I were talking about this before we came on the air. A lot of folks are already very down on the 2020 season just because they've read about the financial flexibility. They've read about there may not be a lot of changes, you know, everything like that. Trevor Story is a guy that gives you hope to watch the 2020 season. You know, and, and there aren't a ton of those on the Rockies team, let's be honest here. But Trevor is a guy that is, has really turned into almost much must-watch TV or pay attention at the park whenever he actually steps up to the plate. And defensively, this year, um, he was one, def- according to Fangraphs, he had 17 defensive runs saved. Nick Ahmed, the shortstop of the Diamondbacks, had one more with 18. But also, too, wow, Ahmed played go. 130 <laughs> more innings at shortstop than Story did this year. So, I mean, like I said, you could, you could very, you can make a very good case for saying, and, and that's for the lead in, the NL, uh, not just the NL, all of Major League Baseball and defensive runs saved at shortstop. So, I mean, you could yep. very easily make And hopefully he will get that recognition the when the gold glove announcements come out a week from Thursday. Uh, that would be the 24th. Uh, I believe it's at 2 o'clock Mountain Time when Rawlings announces the gold glove finalist. We know that we know Nolan's going to be in there. Um, you know, there's things that we can count on in life and Nolan being in the gold glove conversation at third base and hopefully winning it yet again, a beautiful thing all around. Uh, but you know, Trevor, you know, there's no guarantee at the moment he's going to be in the gold glove conversation, but certainly he should be just based on some of the stats that you just brought up there. And you know, you and I were talking before we came on the air. It's possible that Tony Walters will be in that top three as well when Rawlings announces that. So that, I, I think those are the only three guys I really see in the Gold Glove conversation. But wondering your thoughts on that as well, Noah. Yeah, I think that um, for for catchers, um, Walters will be in it. If you look. Just strictly defensive runs saved. Um, now, granted, there were not a lot of catchers that um, that qualified, and also too for catchers, you have to consider the pitch framing metrics and all the other stuff that I'm not looking at right now because there's too many stats for that. Um, but in the National League, Tony Walters was second in uh, among qualifying catchers for defensive runs saved, and the only other one that was higher in uh, the National League was JT Realmuto of the Phillies. Roberto Perez of the Indians oh, is actually number one, and he was way off the charts, and he'll geez. probably win the American League. He had 29 defensive runs saved. 
and Real Muto led the National League with 11. So, um, and for third base, um, I was surprised when I saw it for um, for oh. third base that Arenado was not number one in the National League. It was actually Josh Donaldson of the Braves. And this is according to Fangrass, at least. Um, Donaldson had 15 defensive runs saved. Arenado is tied for second with Eduardo Escobar of the Diamondbacks with eight. Um, Evan Longoria had seven. He also played about 300 less innings at third base than uh, Nolan and about 100 less innings at third base than Escobar did. Um, the yeah. major league leader is Matt Chapman of Oakland, which if, if you've seen any Oakland A's games this year, he's... he's in in the Nolan territory of defense defensively, um, so, but yeah, it'll. I think Nolan will still be in the top three. I wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't I, shock I, me if he didn't win it, since there's some strong candidates in the National League. Um, but yeah, he he should still be in the top three. I yeah, guess. so I I, I think me, uh, it, you can say that no and I, while some moves need um, to be made this offseason, and certainly while we need to be looking at who could be moved year. off the active roster, uh, we don't think Story and Gray are probably that that uh, that person. And I will say, you know, we talked a lot of Story. Just real quick, I will say that I've I've become a big believer in John Gray becoming a cornerstone of this rotation into next year and beyond. Uh, just simply because there, I, I don't think, and, and you're going to take this with a grain of salt, Rockies fans, but between Kyle Freeland and John Gray, whenever we go down and talk to them after the games, there are not two more passionate individuals and also more judging individuals on how they perform than those two guys. And and just to see how Gray has evolved to me as a as a pitcher, as well as how he has evolved to take the criticism that he puts on himself and change it up to be more of a motivator than a bring downer. I know that's not proper English, but still to see how he morphed whenever we talk to him, it, it really lets me know that this is a guy who's maturing and really is going to be somebody I think that's gonna have a real good year next year. My personal opinion for what that's worth. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's that's something that with the Rockies pitching rotation, I think. I I mean, we all thought coming into the season that it would be the strength of the team. And obviously yep. it wasn't, but I mean, the thing with gray and the thing with the rotation in general is just creating consistency. Um, and this year he was more consistent. Yeah. And you know, than he was they're obviously very proud that this is a guy who's come all the way up to the system. This is a guy um, who so uh, really took strides last year to improve on what he did he's the a previous guy that year to make the changes that he needed. And you know, no, one thing that we have not talked future. about, and I'm going to be really interested to watch, is that you got Freeland was last year's opening day starter. You know that he wants to get back in a position where he's considered for that again. Marquez has never been the opening day starter, and that is something that we've heard is very uh, you know important to him at some point is to have that opening day start on his resume. And then John Gray, of course, 
getting back to that as well. So you've got three guys that are really going to be competing with each other and even with themselves to be that opening day starter in San Diego next year. And I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how that evolves. Obviously, a long ways away, but that's definitely going to be a driver, I think, for those three pitchers. Yeah, and, and yeah, a huge and I mean, shout out for um, sorry, a huge shout out to Patrick Saunders of the Denver of Post. He's put out really two good I mean, articles the last few days. Uh, if you're a Denver Post subscriber, morning, uh, about the shape of the rotation and the options for 2020, and then today to be, was on most the, likely it's going to be because uh, of rotation, not the, the relief core, growth or and what that means. So I'm really curious. Again, lot to talk about. My God, we've got a lot of podcasts between now and spring training, so I'm going to save save all that for down the pike. Uh, but Noah, I wanted to get your take a little bit on uh, the National League Championship Series and uh, Washington. I think maybe a little surprising went into St. Louis, got both games, and now heads back to DC with a two zero advantage. And man, you talk about how important pitching is. I think we saw it there in St. Louis uh, with the Nats and those two wins. Yeah, and I mean, you have to definitely give credit to the Nationals pitching. Um, but also, I mean, you have to say with the Cardinals, I mean, in two games, they scored one run. You're not going to win that way. And if you're hitting 070 as a team with a 145 on base percentage and an 088 slugging percentage, that's not the best way to win. So um, now with the Nationals, Dave Martinez has made it um, where essentially he's having his starters pitch all the time. And that's including Patrick Corbin, who's now, even though he signed a $144 million contract and started 33 games for the Nationals this year and went 14-7 and with a 325 ERA, and last year he came in fifth in the NL Cy Young Award voting yeah. when he was with the Diamondbacks. He's now their arguably their best lefty reliever. Um, and really, out of the bullpen, it's he, Sean Doolittle, and Daniel Hudson. That's that's who Dave Martinez trusts. Um, and I mean, game three tonight. Obviously, it's a must win for the Cardinals and they're facing Steven Strasburg and Strasburg is pitched extremely well in his career in the postseason, And that's kind of flown under the radar. Um, but I mean, he's pitched excellently and not just this year, just overall in the postseason. in it, career postseason numbers for him look like wow. Uh, 2014, he pitched in the NLDS. 2017, he pitched in the NLDS. And then Jeez. this year, he has a 3-2 and two record with a 132 ERA in six games, five of which have been starts. 34 innings pitched, 
25 yeah. hits allowed, dad, eight runs, only five of which have been earned. Oh, yeah. My dad is so five thrilled long, to hear that, I'm sure. Trust me. Uh, you know, being the Cardinals. So his strikeout rate you know, is and, 12 uh, you know, It's innings. been interesting uh, uh, per, just per to innings. see how that Walk rate St. Louis just hasn't been able to adapt. I mean, I, we know good pitching beats good hitting. But they're, they've done very little to try down, to adapt, and I'm, I'm very curious when Game 3 lineups series, come up, what kind of shifts they make just to try to put a little bit of spark in the team. It's, obviously, it's going to be a tough hill to climb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, do... You know, and and I think for Rockies fans, it's a little bit of a flashback back to the Brewers series last year when the, the Colorado offense just couldn't put anything together at all. And, and you know, again, is, it was good pitching. Cardinals, don't get me wrong, but you're exactly pitching, right. When the team is uh, in a funk, just said, like the Rockies were uh, last year in the NL uh, DS and the Cardinals are right now, that makes it a heck of a lot easier for those pitchers out there. They have uh, In the first two games, they have three guys with hit. They have four hits in the first two games. <laughs> That's it. Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they have two pinch hits from Jose Martinez, and he's two for two in the series. He yeah, I'm very curious to uh, see what hits. happens in that Game 3. And I think uh, what you just said game. about it being a must-win, no question about it, because uh, obviously <laughs> the, uh, if, they, if they go down 3-0, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I know it has happened, but still. <laughs> so, uh, I, mean, I don't see it happening obviously, here. So. Uh, obviously, they pitched uh, well, well no, and like yeah. I said, uh, yeah. all the props to the Nationals. I mean, considering they have a .5 ERA oh, in the first two thanks. games. But the problem is, too, the Cardinals should have more than four See, Rockies fans, games. it could always be worse. There you go. There, there, there's the high point to leave on right there, Noah. I like it, man. I dig it. So. Hey, I know we've got a lot. Uh, we didn't touch on Yankees-Astros. We'll touch on that later in the week whenever we come back with another podcast. Uh, but certainly uh, appreciate all of you reading yeah. Rock's file. We appreciate all the comments that we get. By the way, for the Rockies uh, we, we certainly want to know that we're meeting your needs Brewers, this offseason. So if you've got something that you want to so have us write about, team, tackle, discuss on a podcast or in an article form, whatever, we're happy to do what it. The Cardinals so, is. Noah, as always, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right and Roxpile fans we will talk to you soon thanks for checking us out on Roxpile.com as well as following us on twitter at RoxpileFS. for now this is kevin henry one of the co-experts for my fellow co-expert noah yingling hey we both say go rockies for now this is kevin henry one of the co-experts for my fellow co-expert noah yingling hey we both say go rockies Thank you very much.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.